Hey, this is Guggen from Miles Apart Podcast. Uh, that's Jess, my friend, my co-host. Uh, usually this is a podcast where we have fun, talk about movies, talk a little bit about sports. Um, this isn't going to be one of those fun ones. Uh, this, this is going to be a tough one. We're still kind of getting through it. Um, we're going to be talking about Kobe and, you know, Everything that's happened. Jess, how you doing, man? I'm... I'm still... It's surreal, you know? Um, it's kind of like when you have a really bad dream or a nightmare and then you wake up from it. And I think when we woke up this morning and a lot of fans... And a lot of basketball players, you know, especially family members, I can't even put myself in their shoes, were hoping they would wake up from the nightmare that was announced yesterday where we found out about Kobe and we didn't wake up because it was real, you know? Yeah. Um, right off the bat, uh, we want to kind of talk about everybody that was involved in the crash. Uh, John Altobelli, Carrie Altobelli, Alyssa Altobelli. This is a family, um, daughter and her parents. Uh, Christina Mouser, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, uh, Ara Zoban, um, Kobe and uh, Gianna Bryant. Uh, those were all the victims in the plane crash that happened Sunday. And, you know, it was first reported by TMZ. Out of all people, one of our, um, I found out one of our friends that doesn't really follow sports sent us a message in our group message. And, you know, he's like, hey, I heard Kobe died. I'm like, what? Kobe's not dead. And then I go on Twitter and I see that thing from TMZ. It just seems, I was like, oh, it seems like a hoax. You know, they do this shit all the time. Like, supposedly Will Smith died skiing or something a few years back. This isn't real. Um, Keep reading. Keep going through it. More and more reports. Go on Facebook. It's all over there, too. And by that time, our other friends and our other chat were posting the same thing. Um, I think this is going to be one of those moments where everybody's like, I knew exactly where I was when I found out. And... I was in my room. I had just gotten ready. I was like, oh, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to the mall for a little bit just to relax. I don't want to sit here and watch the fucking Pro Bowl because you know who watches the Pro Bowl. And um, right before I left, that's when I got the message. And, you know, as the details, it a lot of reports came out. And then the details started coming out after. And just like, no way, man. It's not, it's not Kobe. And then I think the first person I called was you. And you actually didn't answer. I know you were you 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 were with your family. You were out of town. And I was uh, actually, um, that's the weirdest part. I was actually in uh, L.A. driving towards Buena Park when you called. And um, my wife's in the back seat, and she's talking, and all of a sudden she goes, "No, no way!" And then I'm like, "Okay, what the fuck's going on?" Like. 
What are they talking yeah. about? Like, because I, I, I could, you know, yeah, concerned. You, you, you were driving, so I couldn't get a hold of you, so I called your wife. Yeah, and then I could hear the concern in her voice. I'm like, okay, what's, okay, what, like, what type of going on? And then she gets off, and she says, "That was Guggen. He just said, uh, Kobe passed away." And I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, I didn't tell my wife to shut the fuck up, but you know, like, I was like, "No way, that's not I true." Could, yeah, like I heard you on the phone just yelling, "No, no, yeah. no!" And she was like, "Relax, you're still driving the car." It's um, you know, it's, you just don't believe it. And then I think the second person I called was actually one of my childhood good friends who I haven't spoken to for years. And I know he's like the biggest Kobe fan. He was crying. And I was just like, that's when it kind of started setting in like, oh shit, this might be really happening. And it was just, it was like, it was just kind of shock. It's like, you know, like, it's not sadness. It's not like, it's not, it's kind of like not on any emotion. It's just kind of like numbness is what kind of set in. And then, you know, obviously like just sitting there watching the news and then the more reports that started coming out, you were actually in LA and you were at the temple. What was kind of happening as the news started? developing was did everybody around you start finding out or how is that going it's it's funny um because like it's like you would think that everybody i guess that it's 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 just the weird with it's how something like this and how sports transcends race religion culture because I'm standing at the Sikh temple and the, there, there's older parents, you know, there's older people and their kids talking to their parents and everybody's on their phone and all I can hear is Kobe Bryant has passed away and there's kids telling their parents, there's older individuals at this temple who are talking about it. And, and mind you, this season, <clears throat> this isn't, like to an inside to an outsider looking in, it's like wow, these people all look like Navbatia. It's probably like what they would say, you know what I mean? Like you don't see a lot of people Nav showed up at the games, and you see a lot of Sikhs, and that's when I was like, oh, that's a Sikh man from you know. And but this temple full of Indian people who probably didn't watch basketball every day, who probably some of them might have not even known when Kobe retired or what he was doing now, but they're all on their phones and they're all just talking about Kobe Bryant. And that just shows you how much this man meant to L.A., you know. He he transcended, you know, divides like race, religion, politics. But yesterday we saw, it was even Twitter, everyone just not be ugly for one day, you know. Everybody was yeah. together. Um, something like that doesn't happen where somebody passes away who's so iconic and so legendary that like everyone can put everything aside for one day and just get together and mourn the loss of an individual but then you know this is when the news is starting but as the day goes on it gets worse and worse you start hearing he's not alone you know there's five people and there's nine people and then um Gigi's news comes out, you know, and then the other. I think 
that it was got worse as it went on. Like it, if it wasn't hard enough when the story first, all you hear is Kobe. But then you start thinking, oh, there's more passengers. Then you start finding out who's on the plane, and it's, it's just a and terrible. Kind of like the clickbait culture we live in now. All the details aren't out, but some media places are just so just trying to get it out there first. And then there's just these false reports coming out and like, oh, Rick Fox was on the plane. And then 10 minutes later, Rick Fox's family was like, no, 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 he wasn't on the plane. He's very much alive. It's like, like, guys, just have some credibility, gather the info and then report it. We know everybody was eager to find out what was happening, but like just to put false information like that out there, we're like, oh, his whole family was on the plane. Oh, no, no, it, it was just him and one of his daughters. And it's like the whirlwind that just came after the initial report. And like you said, as the day went on, as more news came out, it just got worse and worse and... Guys like Kobe, Kobe was kind of like, you know, he was, he, he had a wonderful, awesome, he's one of the best, he's one of the goats, he's one of the best players ever, 20 year career with the Lakers, five time NBA champion, it's like, you think the way that he carried himself, it's like he's invincible, man, it's Kobe. You know, and then that's actually the good thing about basketball, where we still have a lot of the basketball greats still with us. Bill Russell's still around. Magic, Larry, Jordan, Dr. J, Barkley, Shaq. All these guys are just still around. And, you know, we get to see them get older, talk about the game. And, you know, that's what we were kind of hoping to see. And he was just venturing out into so many different things. Like, the guy won an Oscar right away, right out the bat from his short animated story. It's a three, it's about a three, three, three to four minute, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's on, um, it got posted again, Barstool's posted it, I think it's on YouTube. If you haven't, it's all over Twitter too. Check it out. It really puts everything in perspective. I think one of the things that came out of this is I see a lot of people are like, hey, um, you know, it's, um, you no matter what, you're always going to have the people that are negative when it comes to stuff like this, you know? And one of the notions that I think I've seen and have um, witnessed in, like, comment sections, whether it's Twitter or other social media, it's like... I keep you, telling you to stay out of them comments. And people are like, well, you know, people are so affected by this millionaire. It's like, okay, let's, uh, let's reel it in for, like, a second. It's not... It's okay to grieve someone you don't know. You know, I don't know where we get this notion that you can't be sad at a human the life of a human, like a loss of life just because he's a millionaire or just because like you don't. I think what a lot of people don't understand is the way some people have an effect on your life. You don't have to meet them. You know, a part of my childhood, uh, childhood, I feel like is missing now, you know, like it's okay to be human and it's okay to show compassion. I think we've become so numb to like emotions. And then like, for some reason we equate these people just because they're, whether it be athletes, celebrities, millionaires, that they're not human like you and I. And so, oh, we paint them thousands out to be of these people pass every day. Yeah. People, but it showed yesterday very much. So they're not invincible. 
they're just like you and I. If you saw those Twitter feeds, if you saw LeBron landing in LA, breaking down, crying as he got off the plane, like if if we're not, they're not. It's this sheds a light. They're just like you and I, except for they've honed. They've gone through extraordinary lengths and honed in on their craft. And, you know, they've afforded this success to themselves. But that doesn't take away from them being just like you and I. And just like that, you you and I can show compassion. And it's okay to grieve for somebody even if you didn't know them. If they touched you in a special way, they didn't have to personally know you, you know. And the other part of it is not just as a fan as a person with a little girl at home, you know, as a parent, anybody who has, whether little girl, little boy, I think if there's anything you can see, families are shattered, you know, if you've seen the heartbreaking pictures of all the children at the camp praying once the news broke out to them, it's just, it's okay to be empathetic, you know? It is. And I think that's something we really we've kind of forgotten how to be empathetic and at the same time I think I've seen hope because I've seen all these people get together like I said from different walks of life from different regions murals are being erected all the way from LA to the Philippines and then it just shows that some things are above you know divisiveness and it's just crazy how sports can transcend all things and bring us together and I think the world is together and mourning a legend on and off the court especially the last few years who was finally getting away and kind of settling into his retirement and taking that next step this was Kobe that went from you know I'm Kobe why should I give you my secrets like, no, nah, I'm the top dog. And then he was finally, I think, you know, he retired, came back. And now he's, like, giving back. I think um, that's just a change we all go through as humans. You know, you want to leave behind a legacy. And he was leaving behind a legacy with his daughters, with everything that he was going to do in the production uh, field. He was going to um, – he had started a film studio. I think he was getting ready to that next – chapters life where he does give back and and it's just sad that he was taken so soon um it's tragic man it's just tragic i think all around and let's not forget about the other lives impacted there was nine people that left their houses their family and even you know you um there was a daughter a wife a husband, you know, a family was on there together, all three of them. Yeah. And these people, they all left their houses and their families and friends, and they didn't come back. And I think we that's... take that for granted, you know. I think on a day-to-day basis, when you leave your house, you're just like, oh, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to go to the gym. Kind of take it for granted, man. Like, in the blink of an eye, it could just be gone like that. And I think, like, when me and you talk, we talked throughout the day yesterday and today, too. Um, I think this is going to be with us for a while. Uh, it's something that you don't just get over, you know, the outpouring of support, like you said, just came out right away. Twitter almost crashed. Um, 
I remember I went on there um, and looked at everything that was trending. It was just Kobe. Oh, my God, Kobe. Rest in peace, Kobe. And it was literally like the top 10 trends were just Kobe, 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 Kobe. And this is one of those big moments when JFK died, Princess Diana. Like, this is that. This is going to be kind of burned into our memories. Um, And it's going to be with us for life. I really do think so. Um, Left behind a great legacy. The families that were all on the plane with him. Um, His daughter, man, when that came out, that just got me. It's like, it was tragic enough. He's only 41. He's so young, but he accomplished so much in his 41 years that most people don't accomplish in a lifetime. He already had a great legacy. His daughter was just getting started. She didn't, she was 13. Um, And it was just so nice since he retired. He said that he wasn't even really following basketball or watching it much and she was the one that was like hey let's get league pass and she was just she just got him right back into the nba and then they were both sitting at courtside and that like little video of them him breaking down the game to her that's that's just you know it's kind of heartbreaking now looking back on it like i was looking at it today too he's like explaining something to her and she like finishes the sentence and you could tell he's like you know, you get it. And then um, just all the players posting their stuff. And we don't want to give the negativity attention. There was a lot of people going after LeBron. Oh, you're not paying your respects. Like the one of the guy's best friends just died. Um, he's not going to jump onto social media and write something. Like he posted something today and he even said like, hey, I'm still not ready, but here I go. Uh, and I don't you know, think but... he owes anybody an apology. No. I think we're just so ugly on the internet. And then it's like, people grieve differently. Let people grieve how they grieve. Um, they, they found out just... on their flight from Philly. And like you said, there was a video of him just breaking down at the airport, like just walking out and just people consoling him. And um, people, you know, coming out all over L.A. yesterday. Can't even imagine. Like you said, when you were driving back and your family was driving back, it was just lit up. Purple and gold everywhere, man. Kobe, he was the king of L.A. And, you know, it was as beautifully quoted when the Grammy started. Um, and it was said, here we're standing in the Staples Center, the house that Kobe built. And I think that that, that rings true. Those jerseys are in those rafters. Mark Cuban has came out and said he's actually going to make sure nobody wears 24 on the Dallas Mavericks again. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other talk about people signing petitions, uh, him replacing Jerry West as a logo. Uh, Man, other did people you, seeing. Did uh, you watch Jerry West's yeah. interview that he did with the jump today? I did. That was, yeah. It was tragic. And, you know, if anybody – they mentioned about changing the logo. I think Jerry West would be the first person to say, yes, do it. Um, and then I think um, I didn't watch the video yet, but Tiger, who was friends with Kobe too, I think his caddy told him after the 18th hole, uh, after Tiger finished, what had happened. And, you know, it's just, you know, like everybody posting on their Brady posted on Twitter, you know, we miss you already. Um, and I just couldn't dude i couldn't like i saw so many people just tweeting or posting on instagram or snapchat facebook 
right away. I just couldn't get myself to write anything. I was like, I can't, you know, like, I don't know what to say. There's no words for this. Um, I think ultimately what I did was just kind of shared a story and it's like, hey, man, you know, he's always going to be my favorite player, but still don't know the exact words. Even this podcast, um, usually when we make a podcast, we kind of talk about, hey, we're going to talk about this and talk about that. Cool. Go. Talked about this. Like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. It's kind of just going to come from the heart. And let's just see kind of how it goes is it we're only a day removed. We still don't have all the details. Um, I think the more time that goes by and it was just beautiful to see all the tribute that the NBA teams did um, yesterday. I think it started with the Spurs and Raptors where um, at tip off, they got it. They had a, uh, the Raptors had a 24 second violation. And then um, the Spurs followed it up with the 24 second violation. It was a beautiful moment. This, the team started chanting Kobe, Kobe uh, the the fans started chanting Kobe, Kobe, and that went out throughout the rest of the games that went on yesterday with eight-second violations and 24-second violations. Uh, players, I think Trey Young wore number eight, um, and he was really emotional because he had, you know, he had a relationship with Kobe, and Trey was actually Gigi's favorite player, and you know, I think you, you mentioned it to me that him and Booker both took 24 shots and they both actually combined for 81 points. 81 just, points, that's... Just that's kind of God. surreal. Having a message. I think, I think Jay Williams, uh, if you haven't seen the the video of him speaking on ESPN, I think that's been my favorite. Like, not favorite. Nothing's favorite about the situation, but I would say the best take from this... Um. And what he said basically is, you know, he put it best because he said short. The gist of what he's saying is, you know, if you, it's precious and every damn second we have here. And he basically said, if you have anybody where something's wrong in your life with them, small, big, just let that shit go. You know? It doesn't matter. Just. It's crazy, man. Um, Sharif O'Neal, Shaq's son. Te- uh, Kobe sent him a text. I think. I think he was on a couple IG hours or something. Yeah, yeah, or yeah DM, just, man. He talked to him like literally like an hour before he passed. And I I just listened to Shaq's podcast. Um, he he recorded like. You know, Shaq has a big podcast with Shaq, and it's always it's his is one of the best podcasts. It's just full of jokes and humor and stuff. And Shaq actually lost his sister about a month back, and he was just saying like, you know, when that happened, I was just broken. I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, and he's like, when I found out yesterday, I was just like working out with my son, and then my other son showed me like, man, get that out of my face, you know, that's just a hoax. And he's like, then people started calling me, and he's like this might not be fake because the whole world knows now. And he's like, when it came out and he's just like, I haven't slept. I haven't ate anything. He's like, I'm just broken. I'm just wrecked. And you know, it's, I think the year they both went into the hall and he said, that's what he was like. I wonder what's Kobe going to do. Is he going to call me? Is he going to call Mike? You know, who's he going to call to give that speech at the hall hall of fame? And he goes, now I'm not going to get that call. And that, I think that in itself is. And I, I think, I think 
it breaks his heart even more just because, like, you know, Jay Williams said, put that shit aside. So many years that they had their little thing going on where they weren't on the same page. And it was just so nice to see that they actually reconciled, you know, here towards the end um, and actually, you know, put everything aside and got back together. And, you know, I think that probably gets to him the most. It's like, you know, what could have been like, why, why I was selfish, you know, or he was, you know, it was petty bullshit that we let get in the way of our relationship. And we could have had more time together, you know, but, um, everybody has, and that's a, this guy was such a great individual. Everybody has a Kobe story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the more that are coming out, like it shows you that he was even more like bigger than. If life. you haven't watched, um, watch Jimmy Fallon's monologue from tonight, and I think that's that was one of the ones where I don't want to reiterate it because I think he tells it best, and I think I can't tell it like Jimmy because Jimmy's yeah. there. And you need to check it out if you haven't, because I thought that was. That was I was res- I was uh, listening to Ramona Shelburne's interview. Yeah. Um, she was friends with him, and then she's like, you know, like he would just pick up the phone and call Tim Cook from Apple, and then like she was like, you know, he was just he just loved being a parent. So like, you know, she just had a kid, and he was giving her like all these tips on being a parent. And, you know, people always brought it up like, oh, you know, Kobe, you want like a son to carry on your legacy. And he's like, my daughter Gigi would be like, nah, I'm here for that. You know, I'm going to carry his legacy. And um, he was just like, you know, I have princesses. You know, I'm good. I'm good with that. And um, Bill Simmons, like I was listening to his, his podcast and he was just talking about how he, if Kobe just he was just curious like you know he would just call up directors and be like hey how'd you make this movie you know like anything that he just wanted to know like he he was always kind of just expanding his field and it's it's crazy uh one of the nice moments he shared with Gigi was at a Dallas Maverick uh, game in December where um they were playing the Lakers and Lucas said he turns back and he hears somebody speaking Sylvanian in his language and he goes, who's speaking Sylvanian? And there's Kobe behind him heckling him in his own language. And, um, you know, then, then he took a picture of Gigi and yeah. Luca together after the game. And it's just, there's just so many of these stories, man. And it's crazy. And that's all. And that's, that's why, that's how he's going to be remembered. He's, he's, you know, he we're never gonna forget him. He's gonna be immortal because there's so many of these cool. And, and this guy was such a competitor. He was always a competitor. Lou Williams told a story which I was cracking up, and it's the first time like a Kobe uh, reflected on Kobe and like cracked a smile. Lou Williams told a story uh, today uh, on Twitter where he was like, "Man, I remember we got blown out in Portland, I think," and he was like, "Kobe." He took everybody on the team. He took their Kobe's away from them, and he said they couldn't wear it because they were soft. And that yeah. just sounds like that's Kobe being Bryant, man. <laughs> yeah, man. We really saw him evolve, um, you know, throughout his career. Um, just growing up, especially you grew up in L.A. for a little bit. Um, what did Kobe mean for you growing up? I think or Kobe, just, you know, Kobe was L.A., man. Like, Kobe was he he embodied L.A. There wasn't anywhere you could have gone, especially in those early years, 
it was Kobe and Shaq. And it's the craziest part is um, I was in L.A. for the first run, moved, and then I moved back from college when they made their second. Kobe made a second run post-Shaq era, you know? But even growing Kobe up. Kobe and Pal. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to be around that atmosphere when they were there and Kobe was he was the man and I remember and it's never gonna get old when you know, I was middle school and and I was in I, I still did this throughout high school I do it to this day when you wrap up a piece of trash or a piece of paper and you shoot it at the trash bucket and goes in and you yell Kobe because that's what Kobe yeah. that's what Kobe was he took that sh- it was those impossible shots or like it's not going anywhere in Kobe, you know? And we're still going to... I think uh, you you posted something like that about how we got to keep doing that. We got to keep that alive, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, Kobe's the reason I played basketball. I never played, you know, like, like, you know, on, like, a team or anything like that. I just played for fun, like, as a kid, you know, growing up and still do to this day. He was the reason... You know, watching him, it's like, I want to play basketball and always want to play shooting guard, always want to take shots like Kobe. None of them went in. But, exactly. you know, still, still did that, you know, just watching him growing up. I was still pretty young when he had that um, early run with Shaq. But um, I really became a NBA fan, you know, like 2000. I, I remember watching 2004 when they lost and then five and then six and then seven and then we get pow and then you know now we're eight but we, we make it to the finals but we lose and then nine and ten man those were ours um just watching him like evolve and become the black mamba and you know that's something we're going to talk about the mamba mentality and you know just seeing him go into that like he had a second peak in his career he peaked early with Shaq, and then he peaked again and, you know, and then seeing his later years, too, and, you know, ultimately injuries overcome. I remember the Achilles. He's still still a badass. Ruptured his Achilles, got up, like nothing happened, sank those two free throws. And then, you know, when he gave that speech at the end with tears running, you know, tears in his eyes, uh, he kind of knew that it's not going to be the same after this. And, you know, ultimately it wasn't, but that's when he kind of started opening up more. And I think that's when he started kind of reflecting and looking at the legacy that he was going to leave. And um, he started becoming a little bit more open and personable. And, um, you know, just that farewell uh, tour in his last season. And um, one regret I do have is we, I remember we were thinking about going to a game and ultimately we didn't go. Um, That's a regret I think we're going to have to live with. That was that was uh that was heartbreaking i think now especially how it ended if i could take that back and we could go watch him for that last game and i was watching it today on tv espn re-aired it i remember i watched it the first time too it was between that and i think the other game that was on at that time yeah, was that was legacy a, game for the warriors their 73rd win their yeah 73rd. i remember and then i, I was, chose to watch the lakers game yeah i was flipping back and forth Early. Remember that? Remember I told you you're like I'm flipping back and forth, and then today yeah, towards I think it was like after the third quarter started, and then they didn't flip back, and it was just watching Kobe. Yeah. At my I, I still have a picture of that. Like um, I was wearing my jersey, 
And a buddy of mine actually took a picture of me, and I'm just, like, watching Kobe, like, walk off. And he's, like, you know, watching my childhood hero, my favorite player, play his final game. And, yeah, just – you did you rewatch that game that aired again today? Yes, I did. I watched it. It was beautiful. I watched that man just – It was heartbreaking. Leave it out Remember there. It cut to his family. And that little wink at the end and Mamba out. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, watching Roy Hibbert fucking <laughs> let people walk past him. <laughs> like, you're going to let Kobe Carrier you do in his last game. Huh? <laughs> like, uh, the sauce man, Robert Sacre, was on there, too, dancing around on the bench. Yeah, I, was watching, I was like, I'm sorry, Kobe. This is what you had to work with. <laughs> like, uh, but it was just, I mean, I just, humor is where you find uh, – in moments like this, you find souls and you find like, you find ways to get over it. But I think, you know, there was another thing alluding back to that Jimmy Fallon interview earlier. You know, he said, knowing who Kobe was and what he stood with, he would want us to go back to work today. He would want us to get back to the gym today and he would want us to keep going, you know. Um, and that's, that's the Mamba mentality, you know. It's it's not just basketball. Um, it's just whatever you're doing, just give it your all. Kobe was naturally gifted, but he knew, you know, that I'm going to continue to work hard even though I'm naturally gifted. And I think that's a big thing that he said when he came to the NBA and he looked around and was like, oh, what I do, people consider hard work, but for me, I just do it because I love what I do. And he's like, I knew I was put on, you know, this earth to play basketball. And that's another thing that, like, in the 08 Olympics, you know, the Redeem team, when they went out and won the gold, um, him, LeBron, and all of them, like LeBron, CP3, Bosh, Wade, they all kind of saw how hard Kobe worked. And they were like, oh, you know, we can't just go off a of talent. Talent's only going to take us so far. And then, you know, like the rest, we really have to put in the grind. And that's that's really what it is. You know, it's not just basketball. The grind goes for anything in your job, in your school, at the gym, anything that you do, podcasting, you know, making videos, any creative venture, any, you know, work venture. And then like anything you do, just give it your all and just leave it all out there. And that's something that's gonna transcend that's something that's gonna go on and then that's something that i think people should continue to do um that's something that i'm definitely gonna try to do you know just to kind of just to kind of carry on kobe's legacy you know in in our own little way um just whatever you do just give it your all i saw like a clip of him talking to um omar the guy that runs house of highlights or that used to run it He was talking to him. Kobe was like, you know, I go out. I go out, train. I play. I'm out for eight hours. I go work. And then when I come home, my kids need me. The grind doesn't stop. Then I'm like, you know, with my kids, with my family. It's like just giving it your all. And that's what he did, dude. He was on. He was with us for a limited time, 41 years. But he took every day and like, you know, took every minute of every day and then just um, gave it his all. And that's kind of the Mamba mentality. I think that we should all kind of take forward and, you know, continue it, keep it going. Well said. I don't think I could have said it any better. That man left it all on the court. Um, 
And then beyond that, like I said, he was living in, he was going to be even better in his second career. And it's just one of those sad things where you ask God, like, why, you know, but some things don't make sense. And sometimes I think it's whether it's denial or bargaining. I've seen people say, you know, that's, that's, that helicopter ride's a ride he did all the time, thousands of times. That's how he got to games. And that's what he said. He said, hey, I do this because I want to spend more time. It cuts traffic time. I don't want to be in traffic for three hours. I need time for my family. And then you hear people, you know, if he had just taken a a car or like, you know, he'd gone in his limo. But, you know, Shannon uh, Sharp on Undisputed today said something that, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. When you yeah. got to clock out, you got to clock out. He's like, there's an appointment that you can't miss. And it was, yeah, it was, that was it. And that's heavy words, but it's the truth. And I think <clears throat> we just really wanted to really, we didn't know what to talk about recently. You know, we're going to be doing a lot of other stuff in the future with our podcast. But I think this was somebody who we uh, were affected with deeply impacted us as children as fans of basketball um just one of the idols and i think this is just an array giving our respects and remembering the man and giving our condolences to a legend yeah well said man i we've been just calling each other you know, for the past day or so. And I think it's going to continue. And when I see you, you know, we're going to just sit and talk about this. And it's going to be something we're going to continue to talk about. And it's just tragic, man. Like, all the families affected. His wife, their their surviving family. It's like, man, his, his wife lost her husband and a daughter the same day. So you can't even imagine it. Um... And yeah, like Jess said, this was just us kind of, this is us, I think, grieving as well. Um, just, just wanted to pay our respects and, you know, that's it for this pod and um, we'll catch you guys later and, you know, Mamba forever. <laughs>